is a fitting scripture to start the year off with. It's in Psalms 101 to start with, if you want to look in your Bibles. Now, I look in the, I slowed down a little bit today, and I looked into the King James Version, and, and when I look at it, Psalms 101 says this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. It just simply says, make a joyful noise. And sometimes we take it for granted when we hear things like that, that, that we just make a joyful noise. It's just understood we're going to do that no matter what. That, uh, if you're saved, uh, you're just going to be happy about the Lord. But that's not really always the case. Uh, uh, there's been times in my life when I've been a very sad person. There's been since I've known the Lord. There's been times in my life uh, since I've known the Lord that, that I just felt like all the world was on my shoulders and, I, and I, I really didn't want to be around people. I didn't really want people to see me like I was because people have a, uh, uh, this thing. They want you to be uplifting to them. Everybody likes to be around somebody that's happy, somebody that's going to act like a winner. But the truth is, of the matter is sometimes we as Christians, we don't feel like we're winning right then. You can say amen if you agree with me. That's all right. It's in order. Or maybe, maybe nobody here has experienced that. So the King James Bible, I love it. But I've also found out, maybe just for me, God had some of these other Bibles printed just for me, to help me. You know, God, he won't hold back any good thing from his children. And it's good when you can understand God's Word in a way that will help you to be more what He wants you to be. Because we're the light of this world, and, and the, only people are, the only way people are going to see Jesus is through you and I. And their concept that they get of Jesus uh, when they look at Christians is either He's strong or He's weak. And I've got to be real honest with you, there's been times in my life that, that I've been a weak light. There's been times in my life I needed my globe cleaned. There's been times in my life I would have liked to blame somebody else for my globe of my light not being clean and letting my light shine like it should have. But, but the fact of the matter is I can't blame anybody but me because I'm responsible for my light, like you're responsible for your light. And so when I begin to look at the other Bible, uh, uh, King James, we read what it says there, but now listen to what the NIV says. I kind of like this. It says, shout for joy. Shout for joy to the Lord. My father-in-law had a saying that he said uh, uh, years ago, and it keeps coming back to me, and, and I read this out of his King James Bible. He gave me about so many years ago. It's been a long time. He said, shout on the credit, credit if you don't feel like it. You've got credit with the Lord. You may not think you have, but you have credit with the Lord. He loved you so much that Jesus died for you. And when Jesus died for you and you gave your heart to the Lord, then you get credit with the Lord. There's sometimes I just don't feel like being who I need to be, but God will help me to get there if I'll do what I'm supposed to. Amen. What are we supposed to do when we come to church? What's the main purpose? It's to come here to praise the Lord corporately. 
we come here to join with us, praise and worship. Just think up this way. If Brother Leonard was on one, thing and one song and Sister Jen was on another thing, song and the drummer was way out here under someplace on something else, it wouldn't be very much unity in the band, would it? Well, in the church house, it's the same way. But God wants us to realize that we have joy through him. And sometimes, just sometimes, maybe the writer was trying to get it across to us in the NIV that sometimes you may not feel like uh, uh, shouting for joy, but he said, but he said shout for joy. Like my father-in-law said, shout on the credit. Somebody said, how can I do that? He said, well, said, if you don't believe it'll work, said, when you don't feel good sometimes about the Lord, just jump up and down. Just start jumping up and down to the Lord. And about the third time you come down, he said, you'll feel a little different in your spirit than when you went up. Usually, but right now, if I asked you to stand up and jump up and down the Lord, some of you would look at me like I fell off a tree. But that's the lack of faith in what I'm saying. But if you really trust in what I'm saying and you really need some joy, you'd stand up and jump up and down and you'd try. Faith is the subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things we've not yet seen. If you want your faith to grow, you have to stretch your faith sometime. And so this year, the first week of this new year, I want us to begin to realize that God's given us a brand new time, a brand new day to start out on. And let's make this year a day that's going and a year uh, that we're going to lift up the Lord. Amen. When I don't feel like it, I'm going to try to. Amen. And with God's help, I'm going to get a little higher than I was last year in the Lord. You know, I, I don't know if any of you have ever uh, been a sot or not. Maybe that's not a good way to put it, but that's just the way, I, that's, that's where my language goes, of being a sot, because I was a sot a few times in my life. My wife would say, well, before I got saved, I was probably a few times I wouldn't have sought, but we, she's not here, so we won't, we won't argue that. <laughs> Lord, I guess I need not go there. I'll just back up from that. <laughs> uh, I love my wife. She's a, she's a good person. Sometimes I don't like her, her attitude, but I love her. <laughs> and when I say that, I want to throw something at some of you husbands and wives out here. The Bible said all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. And so maybe, just maybe, if you don't like the attitude of your mate, maybe it's because God needs to say something to work on you a little bit. Oh, my goodness, let me get out of that. I, that didn't cost you nothing. Shout for joy. It's the writer seems to express that maybe there's a time or two in your life that you may not have any joy when you come to church. But when you come to church, if you come with purpose in mind yes. to be a blessing and to bless somebody, you'll get past the fleshly thought and begin to put your mind upon things above the Lord and begin to obey Him. Yes. Good example. There's been times I've got up in the morning with the intention to come into church, but, but somewhere between here and home I realized that I couldn't come to church and come through the door in the condition I was in, so I've just plain out. There's been times I have stopped my car on the side of the road and got out and went around and opened up the door and said, Devil, get out of here. That sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? It also sounds a little determined, too, to get rid of the spirit that wants to ride around. See, sometimes, sometimes as we go through life, we, we, we 
pick up our garbage that we laid down in the same old sack it was in, and we're going to carry it around with us. Because it's like, like the baby with, with the... <laughs> you know, get nothing out of it, but it satisfies the feeling. Just because you got saved don't mean you're perfect on the outside. If you think you are, you go look in the mirror sometimes. I don't mean to be meddling this morning. I don't know how that got there. Mm. But anyway, he says, shout for joy. I like that shout for joy because it seemed to make me think about times of my life and, and, and I need to get things right. So let me move on here. I don't want to waste all my time here. We preached it last week, so let's go a little bit further here. As we go through that whole one through five verses, we begin to see the Lord laying us, uh, something out there through the psalmist that we need to do. We need to come to God's house, whether we feel like it or not. We need to realize we're coming here. We need to lay our, our troubles on the outside, push them back as much as possible, and come in here with the intention to glorify God and to praise God. If you'll do that, you'll bless somebody next to you. And when you leave here, you'll go home different than you came. Verse 2 says, know that the Lord is good. There's times when I don't feel like it, uh, shouting, but I still know he's good. I knew a pastor one time that even in his black backslidden condition that he would never say anything bad about the Lord because he knew if there's any fault in him, it was in him what he did wrong. It was in him, it wasn't God. He's the one that did it. Sometimes we want to blame God and we want to blame everybody next to us and everybody that we can look over a glass and see, uh, but we don't want to go look in the mirror and see the real reason of our problem. It's that when I look and I see me in the mirror, that's my problem. Yeah. Know that God's good. He's so good that for a wretch like me, before I accept him, before I ever knew him, he gave his son to die on the cross for me and for you. That's a good God. And he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Five says, for the Lord is good. In light of what the Bible teaches us and what God's done for you and I, do you really have a thankful heart for what God has done for you? Praise God. What motivates us to be thankful? Have you ever thought about that? What motivates you? What, what really comes down? Is it coming to church? Is it the people you hang out with? Or is, are you really thankful in your heart that God has really done something for you? Have you grasped the idea that, that God, before you ever knew him, that he gave his son, his only son, to die for you? We serve the great I am. The one that loves you unconditionally. Unconditionally. That's a powerful thought. Oh, I love people that love me, we could say. And I've heard Christians say, I love them, but it's hard to love them. I've even heard Christians boast about, yeah, I forgive them, I love them, and I forgive them, but they better pray I stay saved. We're that way sometimes. So what really motivates us? Is it the, the place where we have in the community, or is it the place we have in ministry? Or I just want to, Look like I'm doing all right, or is it because I really, really know that God loves me? Well, let me share with you. The Lord has adopted us as his children. It's, that's some motivation, isn't it? I know that I'm a part of the family of God. Then why don't I act like it all the time? Why don't I really praise him? Because I, it's special, see? When you get a hold of that, just, it, 
just my son. He'll always be my son. Whether he wants to admit it or not, he's still my son. I can always say, yeah, you're my son. He has the choice, though, to admit it or not. And the way he carries himself sometimes uh, is a big help. So do you carry yourself every day of the week like you're part of the family of God? Or do you slip back and let that fleshly person come out and rule your life? See, we, we represent two, two, two areas in life. We represent the fleshly man that was born first. And we represent the spiritual person that was born second. So the problem is, and, and the, the dilemma of things is, I can't do anything about how you walk and how you live and, and who you let yourself represent. You're responsible for that. And so I ask you, if, if you really are excited and proud about being part of the family of a God, do you show it? Or do you bow down? to the fleshly person in your life at times and make God look weak in your life. Somebody drop a pen. I can hear it probably. Mm. What motivates us, that should be one of them, to have a thankful heart. It's not because I got money in my pocket. It's not because that I have prestige somewhere. It's not because you call me pastor. But it should motivate me uh, uh, to be thankful and have a thankful heart through all the storm that comes in my life because that I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus paid the price on Calvary for me and just because I look in the mirror and I see the same old person I used to see every day before I got saved doesn't mean that I'm still that same person. <laughs> Bible says we walk not by sight. Hmm. What I see and what I feel is not who I am. We serve a great God. Oh, hallelujah. Sister Shelley, I don't care what people say. It's what you say about you when you look in the mirror and see who you are. Does it line up? When you see, does it line up? You be in what this book as you are. Oh my goodness. Hmm. He's adopted us as his children. I didn't have anything to do with it. He chose me. But I'm so glad he did. He equips us with spiritual gifts. Why did he equip us with spiritual gifts? Why, why, why does he give us uh, the Holy Ghost to lead us? to help us, to keep us in line to where we can be what he's called us to be. Not for the fleshly reason, but for the spiritual reason that God wants you to be a light and he wants you to be a light to the world around you. And so he gives us a spirit that we can keep our globe clean and a wick trimmed in our life. So when people see us, they can see bright and clear that Jesus lives in us. Jesus went to heaven prepare a place for us, and he intercedes on our behalf. And he, the Holy Spirit leads us. He leads us if, 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 Brother Terry, 
that we allow him to. It's an individual thing. See, he wants to lead us. God gives us the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us and to direct us, but he won't force himself upon you and I. The Bible says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is subject to the prophet, and you and I are the prophet, so what we tell him, he will do, and what we tell him he can't do, he won't do. And when it's all said and done, it's not just something that somebody tells us, but we have his word to go by. In what areas, in light of things we ought to be thankful, in what areas of our life should we be thankful? Well, let's just talk about some of them. First off, we're here to worship the Lord this morning. We ought to be thankful that we get to come out to God's house to worship him in the morning. And so when you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, my God, again, it's time to go to church. That's the flesh talking. That's not the spirit man talking. You listen to the flesh, and you need to tell him, hey, shut up, be quiet. We're going to church. We're going to church. You need to let the spiritual man lead you to do that. And the Bible says in Psalms 104, entering his gates with what? With thanksgiving. When you come through the gates, come through with a, with a bounce in your step. Man, I get to come to God's house this morning. Brother Gary, I'm going to get to sing and praise, and I don't care who likes it. I'm going to do it anyway. And I've been noticing lately that some of you have been letting, letting the flesh rule because you get in, and I've been sitting over and kind of out of the corner of my eye watching some of you, and I know you love God, but the devil said, now you better be quiet. Don't let people see you too emotional. That's fleshly. And so you, want, you know you want to dance in the spirit a little, or you want to raise your hand, but you don't do it. You, you kind of remind me when I first got uh, started going to church. Or the Lord would deal with me to get up and testify, and I'd hold on to the back of the bench. I'd say, Lord, let somebody else do it now. I'll do it later. Let somebody else do it. Somebody else would testify, and it'd be all over me. I want to get up and do it. And I'd say, Lord... I can't get up behind that. I, 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 I just can't speak like they can. Let somebody else do it. And after a while, testimony time would be over. And I'd say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I'd be so miserable. Oh, Lord, just let him give me a chance. I'll do it now. And, of course, I'd go home feeling miserable, worse than I came. Why? Not because it wasn't a good message. Why? Not because the Spirit wasn't there. But it was because of my disobedience to the will of God speaking to my heart. I was not letting my heart move me in the Spirit. My flesh was overpowering it. I want to tell you something. You can be the best service there are in town. But until you're willing to let your spiritual person have charge of your life, you'll never rise any higher than you are in the spirit today. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. Oh, Hallelujah. God's a good God. So we ought to, we ought to be, have a thankful heart when we come to worship. I guarantee you, some of you come in and you're so loaded down with all the problems that's been going on around you last week and the week before that and maybe last night or yesterday uh, but you, and you need to get free from that but you can never do it unless you're willing to lay that sack down. I can't, I can't pray for you if you're not willing uh, to let it down. It won't do any good. Nobody else can pray for you. 
You can sit in a pew from now the Lord comes. But if you keep on wanting to carry the same old sack of troubles around with you uh, uh, and don't want to lay them down, you'll leave every church service just like you come, wondering if God's really able to do it. But I want to tell you this morning, when you get ready to lay those burdens down and give them to the Lord, you'll feel like you're 100 pounds lighter in the spirit and you'll walk out with joy in your heart. Praise the Lord. We need to let him have his way. And so, where else should we be have a thankful heart? And my mind goes to Philippians 4 and 6 about prayer. Uh, if we go to God and we don't go to him with a thankful heart of who he has allowed us to be in him, to be a part of his family. The Bible says we're joint heirs with Jesus. That's how much God loves us. There's no second citizens with God's family. He don't love one more than the other one or less than the other one. And so we need to, we need to when we go to prayer, we need to go to prayer with thanksgiving, having a heart full of thankfulness to the Lord. You may be burdened down over things in your life, but if you can learn to separate God and your problems, you'll know that the problems in most areas come from, from worldly things and from the devil, but God wants to lift you up above that through Jesus Christ. He's paid the price. And so we go to prayer. Listen, uh, uh, Philippians 4 and 6 says, Don't be anxious about anything. That word anxious there means don't be troubled about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't let it pull you down or push you down. But know and understand that God is in charge in your life. And when you go to him, you go to him knowing that God's able to roll the stone away. He's able to move things for me. He's able to make me victorious in the situation that I'm in. And so I go to him being thankful, knowing that I've got a God that loves me enough that I can come to him when I've got problems and just give it to him. You've got to have faith to believe that. That doesn't change the scripture, whether you've got faith or not, but faith is the door that opens or closes to where you can receive from God what he wants for, to give you that you have need of. And so when I go to God believing, and the Bible said, this, said faith is a subject thing hoped for again, and the evidence things not yet seen it's real it's tangible it just hadn't got to you yet and you believe in God that it's on the way you see that that's how it works but I've seen people come to prayer and they'd a bit more believe what they were saying or what they come and ask you to do that was going to happen and nothing in the world see the Bible talks about there's gifts of the spirit and people that have the Holy Ghost Sometimes God allows them to read your mail. And I've seen people come up, and I've discerned before I begin to pray for them, that they was coming up because somebody wanted them to come up or because they just thought since everybody else was coming up, they would come up. But as far as having faith that God was going to meet their problem, that was as far as, as the other side of town from them. you got to believe if you want something from God, you got to believe when you go to prayer or you may as well not even go to prayer. That is the way you talk to God and that's the way you receive from God. God already knows our problems, but he just wants us to communicate with him. And when you can begin to believe that word, believe, it's a key, it, it's a lock that keeps you in or lets you out. And so you have to believe what you're asking God for when you go to prayer. Quit worrying about it. Quit worrying about it. When you ask God for something, don't worry about it. Now, that don't mean you don't have to go pray again. Sometimes we got to pray more than once. 
Sometimes I need to go back to reassure my faith that God's going to do it. I need to hear me praying through my ears. That, see, uh, uh, we can spend an hour right here. And I'm going to touch something real quick, like, and I'm going to move on because I don't run out of time here. But, but I've been around prayer meetings for a number of years, and I believe in the heavenly language. I believe in all of that, but I want you to know something other. The biggest reason that people pray a lot and don't get nowhere, and you see them several years later after uh, they've been praying and praying and praying, and they don't seem like they're ever rising any higher, is because you get lazy in your spirit and you want the Holy Ghost to do all you're praying for you. I won't say that again so you can hear it. We get lazy, and we want the Holy Ghost to do all we're praying for us. Now, God is real in the heavenly language, but he gave me two ears for more than just to hear you. God wants me to hear what I say. I need to hear and understand what I'm petitioning God with so it's when the devil comes at me. I can know and understand that I've already told the Lord about it. And then I can reach my hands up and say, I've claimed it in the Lord. Make a little painter. Some of you don't understand what I'm saying yet because I can see it on your faces. I don't know very much Spanish. Just a few words. I understand a little more than I can speak. But for you English-speaking folks, if I came here and I got up in front of you, and every word I spoke was in Spanish. You wouldn't go home knowing very much of what I said unless you could speak Spanish. God just made us that way. In order to understand, we need to hear things in our language. And God said he wouldn't withhold any good thing from us. And so if I, it's worth praying about, it's worth me talking about in a way that I can understand what I'm saying so that I can go back and, and talk to God about it again next week if it hadn't come to pass. Now, I have been anointed enough, and I've seen enough preachers preach that God anointed when he's preaching, and, and the heavenly language would fall on them. But again, the sub spirit is subject to the prophet, and I saw most of those ministers stop right away and go back to speaking in English. But don't you leave here saying, Brother Ben, didn't, don't believe in the heavenly language. I do. There's a time and a place for everything. All right, let's move on just a little bit here. If I any question about that, see me later. I'll be glad to take it further and explain it to you. We need to be thankful in our opportunities for giving. 2 Corinthians 9 and 12 says, The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So we need to show it even in our giving uh, that, that we're thankful uh, for the Lord and what he's doing. We need to show that we have a thankful heart in it. Uh, uh, now we're going for, in, in friendship. He tells us uh, some things in friendship. We need to, to be friendly, have a friendly heart, a thankful heart in friendship. And in Philippians 1, and, uh, 1 through 3 tells us, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints uh, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. And he says, this is what he's saying in this letter. He said, grace and peace be to you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Third, he says, I thank my God every time 
I remember you. That sounds like somebody is not upset at somebody because I'm going to tell you what, if somebody you feel like they're your enemy, you, not very many people are going to thank God for you being their enemy. Although, catch this, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to love our enemies if we know we have it. But it shows here that they were showing friendship to people and, and they were doing it in such a way that when they thought about them, they were thanking God for them. And so we need, we need to, to be that way about people around us. We need to thank God for them. We need to show people uh, friendliness. Going a little further. And spiritual battles. We need to have a thankful heart in spiritual battles. How many have had a spiritual battle in the last year? The rest of you are fibbing or you forgot. You know how I know that? Because there's no perfect people in this room yet. When we get perfect, we won't have any problems. But we're still working on some things in our life, aren't we? Oh, praise God. Verse 57 of 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 15 says, But thanks be to God, he's given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Jesus is the only one who can give you victory in the problems that we have. And so we need to be thankful in our spiritual battles that, that he uh, takes care of the things we have need of. And, and verse 6 goes on to say this. He said, just as you receive Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. How many remember how it was when you received the Lord? How excited you got. And, and if people give you a chance, you'd tell them about the Lord. I like this guy right here. He, he'd stop you and say hello, and he's going to tell you, he's going to give you a sermonette before you get away from him. That's good. I hope you don't ever change. See, he's excited about what's happened to him. But the Scripture is telling us that we need to go on, and we need to be that way even on through our life. We need to not let the fire go out. We need to be excited about the Lord. Just because I've been serving the Lord for 30 years don't mean that I should walk around with gloom and doom in my life. I need to put a smile on my face even when I don't feel like it because it's not about the fleshly man. It's the spiritual man. And so when I think about that, he's beginning to say, he says, and I think it like this here, Remember how it was when you first got saved? You was excited about the Lord. When you first left an altar, wherever it was, you felt lighter when you walked away because you'd unloaded your burden with the Lord. Well, we need to continue on through the gears and growing and growing and letting God be in our life like he wants to be and, and lifting him up. And, and when we do that, we'll find out that, that God's there to meet every need in our life. And and he will uh, cause us to look back, and we'll look back and see how it was and remember that. And so today we're supposed to go on and be like that. Praise the Lord. We get through it all when it boils down to it. I want you to realize that there's only one way to serve the Lord. As every day, wake up with a determination to do that. Don't allow your feelings to overrule how you act. Again, we don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Praise the Lord. Everything. We should be, have a thankful heart in everything, no matter what it is. It's hard to have a thankful heart in everything, isn't it? It's hard to be thankful that, that I got my pink slip last night for my job. And I don't know what I'm going to do. 
it's hard to have a thankful heart when you're driving down the road and you got no money in your pocket and your car quits running. You know you got to have somebody to tow it. You got to have some repair bill. It's hard to have a thankful heart when one of your children is sick and you don't have any money to take them to the doctor. There's lots of areas we could talk about where you, it's hard to do. But the Bible didn't say, if it wasn't hard to do, have a thankful heart. But the way the Bible brings it out and the way we look and see the Scripture and stuff, we need to be thankful in everything. Matter of fact, uh, even when bad things are going on, if we could ever grow to a place to where that we can, we can give God praise during that time. Well, Brother Ben, what can you do? Why, how can you do that? It's not easy. But if the Bible says all things work together for good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that didn't say all the good things. It said all the things. And when you can get a hold of that, and when you can buy into that, you've just quit living on the milk of the word and went to the beginning to learn how to take the meat of the word and begin to eat it. Because not everything in the Word is easy to accept. But it's all real. God's Word is truth from beginning to end. And so we need to realize that, that there's a place in life that we can, we can move up from where we are to another level. And, and we can begin to try to sort out how am I going to do this. And the answer is the only way you can do that is through the Lord and just trusting in Him. But He's well able to bring it to pass. We can count it all joy when things aren't going just like we would like to do. I was talking to someone this morning, and he said, Brother Ben, have you got a message this morning? I said, I hope so. And before I could get it out of my mouth, he said, well, I hope you don't get to preach your message. And then I thought what he was coming from. My message is not any good. But if I can get up here and give you something that God can give you a message through, and if you can only get one little bit out of it, then you can rise up from that and, and be victorious through that to something else, see. But uh, we need to realize God is the answer to all of our problems. And if we, if we can get this in our life, then what is the impact of a thankful heart? Here's something real quickly. It'll be godless to come out of it. If you can have a thankful heart, there will be godliness in your life come out because you're aware of his presence in your life. There'll be motivation come out of it. What kind of motivation? Motivation to look for his purpose in our circumstances, in the good and in the bad. If we can have a thankful heart for all the things that come before us, uh, 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 it's a reminder of our dependence upon him because certainly without the Lord, we can't do anything. And we'll never be a witness to help anybody. It's, it's a motivation for us to have a stronger witness. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I, I can just go back and remember, I'm joint heirs with Jesus. Praise the Lord. And that God loves me and he loves you. And he'll never forsake us, the word says. He'll never leave us. He'll always be there even when it seems like he's not. He's there. We're... Uh, uh, the impact of a thankful heart brings joy and contentment in every situation in our life. Paul said, I've learned how to be content in whatever state I'm in. I've learned, in other words, how not to blame God for my situation. 
whether I've got food on the table or whether I don't, I'm not going to blame God. I'm going to praise God for allowing me to be a part of this day. It, it also calls us to focus on God in difficult times. That's what the impact of a thankful heart does. It transforms our attitude towards others. And it gives us, when we can get there, it gives us supernatural energy, energy, energy that, that's not ours. We're able to tap in to the Lord's energy, uh, what he gives us and be what he calls us to be. Because we're walking in him and not ourselves. Cultivating a thankful heart will transform your life. But you'll never be, I want to read it, you'll never be genuinely happy until you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So all this I've been talking about, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you'll never understand it all if you're here and don't know him until you get willing to give your heart to the Lord and let him be the master of your life. Praise God. Praise and worship team. If you're coming up here, such Jen, whoever, come on up here. I'm quitting. Once you're a believer, the Holy Spirit can enable you to be a grateful in all circumstance this year this year is a great year last year was a great year but the lord will take us to deeper depths and higher heights this year than he did last year if you would allow him to over the next three messages lord willing i want to take you someplace that place that will help you to get there uh i want to to make you understand who you really are in the lord I want to try to make you understand how much the Lord loves you in the next couple of messages. I don't know how far we get along with it, but the Lord kind of laid this direction in my heart. I ask you if you possibly can be here the next two services and let the Lord speak to your heart. I believe this is going to be one of the greater years in the Lord, 2015. I believe God's got great things for you but it's up to you whether you receive it or not. See, because faith is a subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things we've not seen yet. We've just stepped into one service into 2015. I want the Lord's blessings. Don't you stand with me all over this place.